everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Why do you look surprised? Did you not know that's what the show is called? You remember how you had that glitch a couple of weeks ago? And yeah. I started giggling at you? It did it again. It said, and this is A Date with Dateline. That's what I just heard. I feel like we need a replay moment and go back in the replay and see if I'm actually doing it. It only happens in the intro. That's why I look so surprised. Just like a surprise turtle all the okay, time. Okay, if I do it, sorry, right now. No, I've never heard Could it. Could it be that I'm not hearing it, though? No, I think it's just a glitch. That happens only at the beginning? That doesn't make sense. I don't make the rules. I don't know exactly how it happens, but it's happening. Well, this is the date with the eight line. And <laughs> quick announcement. Katie doesn't know I'm doing an announcement. Opening announcements. We have new merch on the site Tee Public, T-E-E, Public. But you have to go to our website or our links on social media to go there. But it's very exciting. The thing is, we're shutting down our other sites on Redbubble and Zazzle, which means that the leggings, the infamous leggings that Joni wears in her YouTube quarantine workout video are going away and they will become a collector's item. So do they get to I'll go leave- on sale before they go away or no? No. I don't control the sales. That stinks. But I will leave them up on Redbubble for one week, and then I'm taking them down. So if you want leggings because you love Joni, because you love us, and you want to support in a really outlandish way. Also, someone just got the leggings and sent me the photo, and they looked so cute. Aww. It was adorable. It was a birthday present from her friend, and they looked really cute. They look cute on Joni, too. They do. Yeah. For the rest of our merch stuff, including the tank tops that say, I don't wear, I don't deserve sleeves, which was a quote from the show, go to Tee Public. But you have to go through the link that's on our website or our social media pages. I don't know why. That's like the only way we get credit for it. It's something weird like that. But also, listeners can submit artwork, create their own like sites, Ooh. and then we can sell them in our store. So if we ever say something funny and you want to put it on a shirt, you can create the design and like do the whole thing. Contact us for info if you are interested. Love it. That's all I want to say. Get those leggings. We've only sold two ever. And one was to me for Joni. And one was to the girl who just got them. I'm sorry, we sold two leggings? Two pairs. But if they came a one-on-one, they were sold separately. The left side and the right side. I would love a good pair of Date with Dateline leg warmers. That would make them a leg warmer and I would buy that. They're leggings. Fingerless gloves. Date with Dateline. We should get those. We have masks now in Tee Public, which just feels weird. I don't know. I feel like that's good. That's good. Yeah. Whatever. Go get them. Get them while they're hot. This episode is called Poison. And here's another announcement. It's not a good name for the episode. And you're going to have to go to either our Patreon, and I'll put the links on there for free for everyone to see, or our Twitter or our Facebook for the links. You can't post links on Instagram. Don't know why. Because there's like another poisoned episode and there's a poison episode and a poisoned episode. And you'll never find this episode to watch the right one. So make sure you go to our social media or our Patreon page and I will put all of the links to watch the correct one. It's about Larry McNabney, the lawyer. There we go. There's another one about a chiropractor, and there, which I believe we did that one. And there was a girl in the office that was dating the son, I think. 
Yeah, that sounds Maybe right. Maybe she was involved. And then there's another one where a lady was poisoned. That's not this one. So this one, I think, I don't know for sure. I went on my app that tells me what TV shows I want to watch. My list app, my because I watch a lot of TV. And it said that this aired on May 18th, 2012. Season 20, episode 47. IMDb said season three. So we're going to go with what my app said. Yeah, let's go with the app. And again, when you Google Dateline Poison, you're going to get Poisoned, which was the episode we already did about the chiropractor. Or you're going to get the episode about the lady who was poisoned. You might get Bill Beb DeVoe. That girl is poisoned. Poison. See, usually it's me that sings that song. Much like I always sing Welcome to Miami. When we're in Miami, I always sing the poison song. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Do you want to do it over? Do over? No, it's fine. Oh, you seem disappointed. Did you have it in your notes that you were going to sing it? No, I didn't. I was just going to improv it somewhere. So this episode I mentioned in last week's episode, which is why I chose this week's episode. I figured that out very quickly. I was excited you did. This was definitely not the case that I was talking about that happened on 9-11. That's something else. Were you talking about the lady whose hand was found in the rubble of 9-11? Because a bunch of people think that's what you were talking about, which was not a dateline because I didn't know about it, but it was done on a bunch of podcasts. No, I was talking about an actual... No, I thought... Did somebody find it? It was an actual date date with Dateline. Someone thought it was before the storm. That was it. Oh, then it was. Jen, you got it. It was a storm that happened on 9-11. Yeah, that was it. I said storm, didn't I, in the thing? Maybe. I don't know. So you think it was before the storm or a gathering storm? Why are all Dateline titles the same? Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't tell you which one, but I thought it was one that had the storm in it, and but it was also 9-11. Okay, that's possible. Sorry. I can't be more specific than that at this point in time. Also, that story about the lady whose hand was found, that sounds crazy. And Dateline should do that episode. That does not have to do with 9-11? No, she went missing in New York and then her hand was found. She went missing after 9-11. I believe she was like murdered, but then her hand was found in, I don't really know the whole case. All I, I just keep saying the same part that I know. Her, something about her hand was found, and I think she was murdered. But we don't know what the timeline was, like if she was murdered before or was missing before, and then her hand showed up there. Or Okay, I'm just, that's curious. I'll... Woman, hand, found, 9-11, missing. Oh, deja vu. Um, her name was Sineha, Sineha Ann Phillip. And I'm sorry, have we had this conversation before? No, I had such deja vu earlier today, too. And I was watching a Bob's Burgers when I had the deja vu. And it was of me watching Bob's Burgers and having deja vu. And I realized that's how much television I watch, that my deja vus are of other times of me watching television. It's never like out exploring the world or doing something. It's literally watching Bob's Burgers. That's all right. So she went missing the day before 9-11. And, oh, they don't know what happened to her. That She disappeared and they think that she died helping the victims of the terrorist attacks. But they never figured out what happened to her. Some people thought she was like murdered and not, it wasn't related to 9-11 because she had a history of marital problems. 
ooh, and a double life. Oh, and lots of stuff. Whoa. Yeah. So that's crazy. Okay. Fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, this happened on 9-11 as well. We all know where we were that day, Keith tells us. I'm going to get really upset. Why? Like like the, as Keith says, Garmorous trio traveling through Yosemite Park. The Amorous. No, I wound five times. Did you look up Garmorous? Yeah. Couldn't get anything. Spelled it multiple ways. Couldn't find out what the word means. Oh, I only heard amorous, so weird. But I will have to go back and listen. Garmorous. They kept thinking I was trying to type glamorous. Is this another repeat of last week's rough hewn, which people all knew? And I felt so dumb. Literally on Twitter, everyone knew. But I, I have to say, once I saw it in print, I recognized it. But when you were spelling it, I'm, I couldn't get it. It didn't seem right to me. But still, I feel really dumb. And now it's happening again with the word garmorous. I just feel like you're hearing it wrong. I think he's saying amorous. No, I really heard a G. And also they weren't amorous, were they? I didn't know at that point. So I think amorous would be a thing for me to hear. But now looking back, do you think they were? Yeah, Adam, you're going to have to take this out for a second. I'm going to try to hear it. It's a glamorous. Okay. When you played it on yours, it sounded more like glamorous. Glamorous. Yeah. I don't feel like they were glamorous either. The glamorous couple? Oh, I think they were. The glamorous trio? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they're kind of glam. I mean, they're not rough hewns. <laughs> they're glamorous. Maybe I just got it in my head. I got so self-conscious because I didn't know rough hewn that now I'm just hearing words that I don't recognize left and right. Oh my goodness, if you were me, you wouldn't be able to get out of bed. Because I'm wrong like <laughs> seven times every episode and everyone is like, Katie, it's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I feel like we need to make a scale from glamorous to rough hewn and see where people fall. We can rank them. Okay, yeah. Okay, done. I like it. So he was Larry McNabney and he was a tall, handsome man. He was glamorous. He was a personal injury lawyer he had a Tom Selleck stash, lots of gold jewelry. We're talking bracelets on both wrists, a big watch, and around his neck, a gold chain that can, with what can only be described as a medallion. It's a medallion, yes. Like a pendant. The chain was so thick, it was like a fisherman's rope. It was the expensive chain, not the cheapy gold chains. It was the thick gold chain, which I'm always surprised at how much they cost because I just am not into gold chains. But when I see them like displayed and then you see that one, it's always like way more than you think it's going to be like thousands of dollars. It's lots of money. I would guess that that's why Jay-Z wears it. Yeah. Well, and Jay-Z has like, you know, diamond encrusted initials and whatever on his. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So we meet his daughter, Tavia who loved her dad. She was in awe of his personality and how good he was in court. And we see commercials for his law firm. He is very rich from personal injury cases. Yeah. But as Keith says, he carried around with him a raft of corresponding demons. I loved that expression. I carry around the Titanic of corresponding demons. Larry struggled with alcohol and women. He had been married and divorced four times. Whew. 
he would go on benders for weeks at a time, but then he would eventually show up again. His good friend Fred even made a T-shirt that said in big letters, where is Larry McNabney, which I mentioned last week. It's those funny things that stick out in from Dateline episodes that you remember from years before. You're like, that's the one with the T-shirt that said what, you know? So did he wear that to like his birthday party or something? Did he come up with a funny one? Been like, this is when you go missing, Larry. Freak Mm -hmm. us all out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. But then Larry got his act together in his 40s. He opened a new office in Vegas and he introduced his daughter to Elisa. Pronunciation is going to drive me crazy. Oh, I. so it's not Elisa? It's Elisa? 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 So you're thinking A? It's spelled Alyssa. It's spelled Alyssa, but it's Elisa. I know a few Elisas. That's why I'm, I worked with an Elisa and I have a cousin who's an Elisa. I think it's a more common name than you think. I think it is too, but I'm trying to type it so that I'll, I typed it out phonetically so that I would do my recap correctly. And each time it auto-corrected every single time to something else. Oh. Elise or Els or Else or Eliza or Elsa. That would be real annoying. I'm sorry. So E was 17 years younger than Larry. She was young and pretty. And well, she's 17 years younger and he's in his 40s. So so she's in her 20s? Well, it depends. If he's, if he's 45, then she's 28. Is that right? If he's 45, she's 28. Phew. I don't want to seem dumb on math, too. For some reason, she looks much older than 28. That's not a read. That's just she. She does. And also, they keep talking about how beautiful she was and stunning. And I didn't get it. Oh, I thought she was pretty. She was stunning to me. I would like to look like her. Stunning? Yeah. I think maybe she didn't take the best pictures, but I could tell by her symmetrical facial features that she's probably extremely attractive in real life. Okay. Perfectly symmetrical face. I feel like she would take better pictures. In a lot of the pictures, she's, few of them, she's just sort of staring. Yeah. That was confusing. Interesting. Not great pictures. Yeah. True, I guess. So Tavia said she went along with this new girlfriend because she didn't want anything to stop her spending time with her dad, which strikes me as very sad for some reason. I think they might have had a difficult relationship. He only had two children ever, right? Just her and her brother? I I don't even know about the brother. All I know is Tavia was like full on so loved her dad, like wanted to spend all the time with him. But he's been through four marriages. So the likelihood of her living with her dad is probably very small. So whenever she got to see him, it was a treat. Yeah, that's really hard. I feel really bad. So it's precious time, right? It's precious when she does actually get to see him. Yeah. So they get married and not Tavia and her dad, Larry and (laughs) Elisa. And Elisa became his fifth wife. She also became his office manager and they opened a new office in Sacramento. Wait till I get to outside information. Oh, I'm excited. So they even hire a pretty younger than Elisa college student named Sarah, the outgoing daughter of deeply religious parents. Not sure why Keith is telling us that. There we go. I was just going to say, now the only reason I realized that she was going to be important to the story is because of how Keith describes her. And I kind of wish he had left that out. 
could have put that in later and let us not know how important she was. But yeah, anyways. Elisa and Larry went out and bought Vipers. It's a Viper. Very expensive. Yeah, very expensive sports car. I remember because there was a person in my town whose dad owned the Viper dealership, but I didn't understand what that was. Mm-hmm. So Larry would show horses and as his friend Steve, his friend Steve? Fred. his friend's name? Fred. Fred. No, it wasn't Steve. Yeah, who's Steve? I don't know. Larry liked to show horses and liked to show himself off because he liked to look good. So while he was doing this, Elisa, or else, as my phone says, took control of the business. And Fred was, as Keith says, kind of a stick in the mud about it because he did not approve of this lifestyle that Larry was leading. And Elisa just let him go out and party and drink and give in to his appetites. But she didn't know how to run the business. Was she a lawyer too? She was a paralegal. They said that? No, I found that out after in outside information. Thank you very much for doing outside research. I really wanted to end this, but we were out of time before we had to record. So I'm so excited you did because I wanted to look stuff up really bad. We need to start doing that again because then it stops people from telling us stuff and then we don't know stuff. Because there was something else about last week's guy. Not that we left out the verdict, which was the biggest, funniest thing that's ever we didn't, happened. That didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like that was a top secret thing. Except we told everyone. There was something else about last week's guy. I can't remember. Anyways, so after being married to Lise, that's what my phone says now, like Les Moonves, but with an E-E, for seven years, that seems longer than I would have thought that they would be married, Larry disappeared. And friends thought that it was just another bender. He was gone for weeks this time, but he had been gone for weeks before. Okay, around this time, a new girl named Ginger starts working at the law firm. Ginger is our voice of reason. She is doing the gossiping and spying on things at the law firm for us audience members to find out what's happening. She is an angel, and I guess we can talk about her after, but I'll just suffice to say Ginger is my favorite kind of person. Yeah, we would have, we would sit her down at a party. We would park it at her table and just grill her for gossip. And she would tell us. Ginger is the best. Yeah. So she said that Elisa is running the business, but there's shadiness afoot. Elisa was saying to Ginger, the new girl, if one, this person calls, say that Larry is out golfing. If this person calls, he's out skiing. And if this person calls like a client, say he's working on a deposition and you can't interrupt him. I and mean, if this one calls, he's out of town. Just all these different stories. So where did she actually tell Ginger that he was? Nothing. Okay. So she was just giving her excuses to say, but she never said, but actually he's partying in Las Vegas. She never said that. Actually, he's recovering from a rhinoplasty. There we go. Got it. So Tavia, the daughter, is getting very suspicious, especially because Larry was gone for his birthday and he had never been gone for his birthday before. He usually spent that with his family. So Ginger started to hear things around the office and she was getting scared. So she goes to the sheriff's office and she slips them a note, a note because she is too scared to say it out loud or because she's going to make them an offer they can't refuse And she's doing that thing in the movies where they pass a piece of paper back and forth to each other. We don't know why. I have a theory on this. I thought about it. I think it's because there might be people in the room, in the waiting room, 
Like, because, you know, she's going up to the glass to say, you know, I need to file a complaint or filing a thing. And they may say, okay, what's your issue? And she's like, and kind of looks around and then is like, you know, can I just write it down? I'm trying to do my best impression of her voice. Okay. Can I just write it down? And then they slide a piece of paper and then she writes it with like hearts over the eyes and passes it back and then goes and takes a seat. And then, yeah, the receptionist reads it and looks at her and says, have a seat. And then she sits down. That's what I think happened. I love it. I'm here for it. I wish we really got to know what that note said. Me too. And I kept waiting for it to come back around and was like, Ginger, I thought you were a girl and you were going to share all your secrets with this. And now there's a secret note that we don't even know what it says. Well, she kind of told us what it said, but maybe she did tell Keith, but then they had to cut it from the episode for time. Yeah, maybe. So she tells them whatever she tells them. And the police decide they need to go talk to Elisa, but they can't find Elisa. She is gone girl. And Larry has also now been gone for five months, which is way longer than ever before. Police are talking to employees at the law firm, like the attractive college student. And I was like, we get it, Keith. You think she's pretty. Keep saying that. Sarah, who brings her little dog, Ralph, to the police station. Katie's shaking her head. I was like, no shame, because the dog is really cute. Well, she looks a lot like you. So it's kind of funny, because she is sitting in the police station with the dog. But I have spent a lot of time with you and Gryffindor, God rest his soul. I would never, ever in a million years imagine, even if you needed to take Gryffindor because he had, like, say, a procedure or something that he needed to stay with you, You would never have him up here like a scarf the entire time you were talking to police officers. She was holding him with her hands, like up by her face, like cut. It was so suspicious to me that I was like, oh, black flags. What's going on with her? Black flags like that kill insects, that kill roaches. Yeah. Beyond red flags is what I mean. I gotcha. The crimson ones. Yeah. Crimson flag, garnet flags. And so it just seemed like a bit much. It seemed like a ploy. See, and I was like, this seems totally legit. I would take Griff with me and I would sit with him and I would snuggle my face, bury it in his fur. And I do have to say, I wish I had that dog's hair. Do you ever find yourself envious of a little dog in a police station's luscious coat and think that might be a sign that I should... Switch hair care products. Maybe I should be doing something about my own hair. Since I'm jealous of a dog. By now you've probably heard us talk about Pros, which is the world's most personalized hair care. And I wanted to share a few quick updates since using the custom formulas that Pros sent me. And spoiler alert for everybody, it is the real deal. I'm very pleased to announce that Pros is continuing to work out very, very well for me. And my hair is as strong as ever. I'm using four parts. I'm using a pre-shampoo, a shampoo, a conditioner, and a hair oil. I do want to note that I've been wearing my hair back since a few months back. I have been wearing my hair back in a bun in the same way almost every single day. Is it because it's 115 degrees here? A few factors. That's one of them. And so I don't need to wash my hair every day, and I don't need to even wash my hair every couple of days. And the problem with having platinum hair is your hair tends to get real dry and frizzy if you don't wash it every day and condition it every day. But so what I've been using is the hair oil in between washes, which seems weird because you're like, wait, oil to oily hair? No, ma'am. 
there's something magical about the hair oil that Pros sent me that makes it really like smooth and nice and kind of coats it and makes it look like I just took a shower that day, which is amazing and washed my hair. It just looks really moisturized. And it also smells a little bit like almonds. So it smells fresh and nice. You know what I'm saying? So fresh and so clean, clean. So fresh and so clean, clean. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. They have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started and how they knew that my hair was a bleached out to the max and that I live in a dry environment. So they sent me items that were formulated for those things through that hair quiz. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros also has a review and refine feature that lets me tweak my formulas for any reason. Like say I decide to move to the mountains, maybe in a couple months. Let's do it. Reclusively. Yes. Excellent. Oh, or if I, just, I meant together, reclusive together. If I decide to also change my hair color, which I've been considering, so then they can adjust the formula. So if you're not 100% positive pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no question asked. I'm going to say you probably won't need to return them, but having the option is really nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. 15% off. You heard it here. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Because what? Strike a pros. Pros. Thanks, guys. Check them out, everybody. Thank you, pros. So Sarah and her beautifully coiffed dog, Ralph, tell the police that she and Elisa have become very good friends. But she tells them that things were weird after Larry disappeared, that Elisa wouldn't come to work. She would change the story about where Larry was. She would sign Larry's name on business expenses. And in early January 2002... So this is a while, a few months after he's been missing. Elisa goes to a horse show in Larry's place. And since Larry was missing, she invited Sarah to go with her. Elisa tells her that her flight was paid for, but when Sarah gets to the airport, it wasn't paid for. I didn't know you could just leave tickets for someone and they have to pay for them at the counter. I didn't know that either, but I'm going to keep asking when I go to airports to see if maybe my flights are paid for. I mean, I'm not flying anywhere, but I'm just going to yeah, check. Yeah, it's like, what if a handsome stranger had seen you, seen your pro's hair and was like, I must pay for that woman's flights. Yeah, but then they bought me a ticket to somewhere I didn't want to go. You're going to Milwaukee. Oh, I am? Okay. <laughs> fine. I would like to go to Milwaukee. I'm fine with that. You could go on a tour of a brewery. It's but fine. if I'm trying to get to Nashville and they send me to Milwaukee, it takes me out of my way. So Sarah calls Elisa to say, why is my flight not paid for? Elisa doesn't answer the phone and her phone says this number is no longer in use. Beep, beep, beep. I'm sorry. This number is no longer in service. She hasn't heard from Elisa since then. So Sarah told Ginger, we should both look for new jobs. Something's going on here. And so that's the story with Sarah. Is that true? Did Ginger confirm that Sarah had told her that? I didn't get to ask Ginger any questions myself. So I don't know. Well. I wish I had. If Dateline wants to set that up in the future. Did Dateline ask that and I missed it? No. Okay, that's more what I was, sorry. I should have qualified. Sorry. So the prosecutor who we meet, who has very curly hair, curly hair don't care, 
tight, a man with very short, tight curls. That's all I'm trying to say. Natural curls. Natural curls, I think. Said that Elisa was like a 1940s film noir woman in that she could say jump and the men would say, on who? (laughs) That's a Golden Girls joke. That's funny. It doesn't really work in that context. It'd be better if I said to you. I laughed. Katie, when I say jump, you say on who? It's a Blanche joke. So she was stunning physically. Everyone says that. She isolated Larry from his family and friends, including Fred and daughter Tavia. One day, Larry called Fred and said, Fred, I don't know who Elisa is. And Fred thought he meant in a general, I watch a lot of Dateline and I know that you never really know anyone. But he meant literally like, I don't know if Elisa is her name. And considering that it's very hard for me to pronounce it the way it's spelled, I don't think Elisa is her real name either, Fred. It's driving me crazy. (laughs) So Larry was starting to not trust Elisa. He told Fred he can't keep his wallet in his pants. Well, actually, Fred tells Keith he couldn't keep his wallet in his pants. And I thought that this time Fred was speaking metaphorically like Larry was. But Larry was actually speaking literally. And now Fred was actually speaking literally. Larry literally had to hide his wallet and couldn't put it in his own pants because she would take his money. So even when he was at his own house, he would have to hide his wallet. Maybe he should be married to this person. Four marriages, though. He just, you know. He wanted to make the fifth one stick. So she was also stealing from the law firm over $100,000. Sorry, while Larry was here? Yeah, and he stayed married to her. So she had a hold over him. That's what he told Fred. Does she have blackmail on him? I think she had black magic on him. Okay, but she didn't, you didn't find out in, in outside information because that's what I got from the Dateline episode. And I was like, was she, did she have something major on him? Like a crime, a couple of crimes. And so that's why it was like stealing, but not really because. I always think that. Okay. But I didn't think that this time. I always think like, oh my God, they know that he killed a homeless person once and they know where it's buried. I'm serious. That's kind of what I thought in this case. I didn't find anything out about that. Ah, okay. So the detectives are now looking into Larry. And so they look into Elise's history and they find out that she has a rap sheet of stolen property, credit card fraud, grand theft, pronouncing your name in a way that makes you sound fancier. No, it's a normal name. I'm just kidding. So she has a huge rap sheet. Also, we see this old mugshot of her and... How old is she? I'm going to ask the question again. She looks like 40. Do we not know her age? Is that why we're not told her age? Is it because that she's such a con artist that we legitimately don't know when she was born? Actually, we'll go back to it because I found out some more things. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I like how you're making people stay to the end, even me. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to get up. You would have, though, otherwise? You made plans? Yeah, I have big plans. I have big plans down the hall in the kitchen. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So the prosecutor is telling Keith how she used her female charms to integrate herself with men. And Keith is doing the thing he does where he leans forward in his chair, which always says to me that he's very interested in what the person's talking about, which I read as her. Tell me more. I don't understand. Fred says, I don't think that she would kill Larry because it wouldn't make sense for a dedicated polecat to kill the golden goose. Polecat. Now, 
When he said polecat, I thought he meant an exotic dancer. And I got very nervous because we've been called out recently for using non-PC words for exotic dancers. And I thought that's what he was doing. But which is quickly becoming a trend on this show. It's another word that I did not know. And I am learning things left and right. A polecat is another word for a ferret and is slang for an untrustworthy person. Did you know? I did. You did. I did. I knew that it wasn't a dancer. But did you know that it meant an untrustworthy person? I thought it was like the artful dodger was a polecat. Kind of, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you got it right. That's the, I think it must have been, he must have been referred to that. I think it's an old timey term. It's a dentist term. The amount of people on Twitter who said they had heard the term rough hewn and then said, but I read a lot. (gasps) (laughs) So sorry. Are you kidding me? I feel that burn from here. That stings. I am so sorry. I know. I totally am not mad at you guys. I think it's really funny. I thought it was really funny, honestly. I'm a little mad about it. I have said probably repeatedly on the show that I don't read a lot for leisure a lot as much as I used to. I have definitely said that on the show and made jokes about how nowadays I only read Gone Girl and Harry Potter. You have. But I don't think they meant it in a pointed jab. You need to start making some puns like, well, I guess that's a read. It's right for the picking. Right there. Yeah, I'm not good at puns, though. Everyone knows this. You're going to have to come up with some form. I'm going to send you a list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but holy Moses, that's terrible. So I didn't know what a polecat was, though. That I can 100% rough hewn. I'm still on the fence about. Polecat, I hadn't heard of it. And I'm not ashamed. So then one day, a farm worker notices a pack of vultures hovering over grape fields. And at this point, we see our lean king, leaning on the side of a pole. He wasn't so trustworthy. I would have called him a polecat. <laughs> a go. leaning polecat. By the way, though, when I first heard polecat, that it was like an unsavory figure leaning on a light post. A light right, post, like dark. a polecat, like yeah. someone going like this. Uh-huh. Like the cat in Opposites Attract video. I, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, my God. That was like, when you said that's exactly what I was picturing, Paul Abdul's Opposites Attract. I think that's what they were doing. I think we nailed it. Okay, did it. Exactly. (laughs) Then we never, ever agree. Okay, so now Keith is walking with these two investigators along the farm road where these vultures were. And Keith is wearing all black, like head to toe. And one of the cops is wearing cop shades. And the three of them look straight out of CSI farmland. Love it. Who are you? Who, 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 who? You're growing corn, are you? (laughs) The farm worker finds a leg sticking out of the ground, a leg that was decidedly human. And I really wanted to make a joke about that farm being having a leg up on the competition. And you just did, but seems crass. So I'm I didn't do it. Technically, no. So they match the dental records of this person who is attached to the leg and they match the dental records to Larry. And Larry's body has been murdered clearly because he was in the ground partially in farmland with his leg up, but there are no bullet holes or stab wounds. Mm -hmm. So they don't know how he was murdered. But the Emmy quickly finds out that he was poisoned with 
horse tranquilizer. Now, I don't want to say that Keith seems delighted by this turn, but he is a little delighted. You know Bill Hader's impressions on Saturday Night Live where someone will say, I found the head separate from the body, and the Keith character will say, really? Mm -hmm. And he's titillated. Keith is super into the fact that this is horse tranquilizers. And I don't think it's because Keith is ghoulish or anything. I think it's because in his line of work, he's heard pretty much everything. And this was maybe the first time he's heard this and it got him a little excited. This is a new one. Okay. Speaking of getting excited about horse tranquilizer, can I tell you about a company that I'm excited about? Yes, please. It's called Simply Safe. Yes. Everyone who watches Dateline has probably thought to themselves, how can I be safer and not wind up on Dateline? Where Keith Morrison holds up a 90s photograph of you and uses a word that I don't recognize. Enter Simply Safe, a home security company that doesn't have all the high prices and tricky contracts of the other ones out there. Simply Safe gives you an arsenal of sensors and cameras tailored specifically for your house, and professional monitoring keeps watch ready to send emergency services if they're needed. You can set up Simply Safe products in under an hour. Now, I don't want to brag, but I do, and so I'm going to. It took me less than half an hour. Yeah, me too. It was it not so easy. Oh, yeah. And I assumed it would be hard. I assumed 100%, and I was overwhelmed, and I was like, I'm going to have to take my whole Sunday to set this up, and I might need to call my neighbor to help me. It was so easy. The monitors that monitor when the windows and doors are open and closed, you just peel and stick them off, which is amazing because I'm not good with tools. And then the camera and the motion sensors also peel and stick, or you can just prop them up on something. It's just like incredibly easy. And then you download the app on your phone. So at any time I can go on my phone and look at what the camera is seeing, which 99% of the time is me on my couch looking at my phone. Okay. I just want to see what I look like, basically, because I never go anywhere. There's never anyone in my house with me, but you never know. Exactly. What if one day you look up and there is someone there? Okay, we can't talk about that. I can't even. Oh my God. So the best part of Simply Save is that there's no contract and no salesperson who's trying to make you buy more than what you need. There's no hidden fees. And it starts at $15 a month, which is such a reasonable price, especially considering how much safer it makes me feel, especially at night after I watch Misery on TV because Katie got me into Stephen King again. The fact that I am now not having nightmares about Annie Wilkes is like $15 a month worth it. So head on over to simplysafe.com forward slash date dateline to get a free HD camera just for our listeners. It's so cool. Go to Simply Safe. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com forward slash date dateline and make sure that they know that a date with dateline sent you and you'll get that free HD camera. It's really cool. You guys check them out. I'm so excited. Because you simply can't put a price on safety with Simply Safe. With Simply Safe. Simply the safe. <laughs> it's safer than all the rest. <laughs> it's great. Thank you, Simply Safe. Check them out, guys. Larry has now, they realized, been dead for a, a long time. But the odd part is that his body has not decomposed in a corresponding 
amount. How do they know he's been dead for a long time? Well, they assume that he died fairly shortly after he went missing, but his body has been decomposed a lot less than that. So they think he was kept in the cold somehow in a freezer or something, and he's been preserved. So right away, I'm thinking it's gluten-free granola bar Travis. Oh, yeah. Deadly connection. I forgot about him. Reign of terror never ended. The FBI guy finally tracks down. We don't get to see any FBI candy. Sorry. Don't say FBI and then not give me the candy. That sounds so gross. Sorry. It really does. It sounds way worse than I think you intended. Give me the candy. (laughs) I sound like Angelica on Rugrats. Everyone's upset. Pervy. (laughs) Don't log off, guys. We have outside info. Don't leave us. (laughs) Stay here. It'll be worth it, I promise. (laughs) So the FBI finally tracks Elisa down in Florida. She's now going by the name Shane Aberoni. Oh, my gosh. If, like, you're going for an alias, wouldn't you pick something that doesn't stand out? Something super generic? That was an accident. That's like she saw a shell and was like, Abalone, Aberoni. And where does Shane come from? Switched to let It's the simplest Jane Doe. It's just whatever. But Shane? Shane or Jane? Shane. Oh, well, then I don't know where that came so she does exactly what she did. I'm telling you, she picks the fanciest names for aliases. She changed Jane to Shane and Abalone to Aberoni. She just like tweaks it a little bit. But that makes you stand out more because anytime you meet someone, they're going to say, oh, Shane, that's an interesting name for a girl. Aberoni. What region is that from? Like when people will ask questions with the, that kind of name, you know? That is definitely true. Very good point. Go by Susan Smith. No one's asking any questions. Well, that makes you just seem like a fake person. Susan Smith. If you show up out of nowhere, what's your name? Susan Smith. No. Get out of here, (laughs) Susan Smith. We're going to hear from some Susan Smiths now, and they're going to be like, I'm real, ladies. I'm real, and I'm fantastic. Let me tell you something. I've read so many books. (laughs) (laughs) And I know what rough hewn meant. So she tells the cops her real name, which is... Gonna roll my eyes again. Nope. It's Lauren. Blamber. Lauren, spelled (laughs) L-A-R-E-N, because she has to be different. I think they're just pronouncing it like that. I don't know. Keith pronounced that way. Everyone pronounced that way. And it's spelled that way. We see it spelled that way. So she says that she was a fugitive from Florida And the mother of two, where are the children, Lori Vallow? This is our, yeah, this is our segment again. Where are the children segment? She was on the run for nine years before she met Larry. Where are the children for nine years? Where are the children for nine years? Great question. So without them asking, she says, did I kill my husband? Yes, I killed my husband. I don't like when people ask questions of themselves and then answer the question. Do I enjoy when people ask questions of themselves? No, I do not enjoy when people ask questions of themselves. But I do appreciate that she's giving us some information. But, and Keith says, this was but with a capital B. I loved that. This wasn't the whole story. Not even close. I was so excited when he said that. I was like, oh, I can't wait. I know. Elisa McNabney, a.k.a. Lauren, Renee, Sims, etc., etc. Yes. Was that shade. Absolutely, that was shade. Yes, it was excellently thrown shade. 
Yes. So Lauren, I'm going to keep calling her Lisa. Both are hard for me to say. She says it wasn't her idea killing Larry. It was. And I said, oh, it was that girl with the dog. You knew right away. It was Sarah, the one with the dog, Ralphie, with the good hair. And she says Larry was drinking and abusing her. So she confided in her new friend, Sarah. And Sarah said, let's kill him, which is the first logical step. Elisa and Larry were at a horse show in L.A. This is a different horse show than the one she stood Sarah up on. I was a little confused about that myself. They were at a horse show. Sarah flew down to meet Elisa. Very specifically did come to meet Elisa and not Larry, because at this point we learned that Larry didn't like Sarah. Elisa and Sarah said to each other, if we kill him, nobody's going to miss him. That might be true of some people, not a lot of people. I mean, even Granola Travis, he had family that would miss him. And Larry had a daughter and he had a friend who went out of his way to make a joke t-shirt. That's how much he missed him. He had plenty of people in his life. There are people who would miss him. Also, it's a lot of work to make those shirts. I got to go to the print shop. You have to pick out a font or you do the iron-ons yourself. And those are not cheap. And this was for Amazon. You have to go to Michael's or Joann's and get the iron-ons. Like, this guy went to a lot of trouble. But it was weird because this guy, I mean, Larry's also a personal injury attorney. He's got clients. He had open cases. There are people that would miss him who are suing their companies. Yeah. 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 So this was on September 9th, this horse show. In the hotel room, Larry has passed out after having some horse tranquilizers on his own for fun, per Elisa telling us this. Hmm. So he's passed out and Sarah has the idea, let's just give him a little more. Why is Sarah there? To kill him. Okay. Yeah. She joined Elisa so they could kill him, basically. But don't you find there's something a little twisted, dare I say diabolical, about using horse tranquilizers while attending a horse show? No, I feel like it's smart because they're there and like it could seem like maybe he had taken them on his own. I don't know what their original murder plan was, but you know what I'm saying? It seems like he could have just taken them. I feel like... You're at a show because you love these animals and you're showing them. And then you're using the drugs that are used to knock them out or kill them for recreational drugs. I don't think it's like that. So Sarah says, let's give him some more. And Elisa, nay, Lauren tells the cops, oh, God, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So did slap bracelets, Elisa, but they weren't. They could take your eye out. She's burying her head in her hands, perhaps trying to stimulate tears of some kind, but the tears aren't coming. Tears just aren't coming. I actually appreciated her saying that it seemed like a good idea at the time. I have to say, I was like, well, that seems genuine because I mean, I'm sure it did seem like a good idea. It seemed like she was being honest. Like it seemed like a good idea. I don't know what I was thinking. It seemed like, yeah, let's do this. And then, but now I'm like, whoa, okay, why did I do that? That's what it seemed like. So she and Sarah squirted drops of horse trank into Larry's mouth, Mm -hmm. but he didn't die. He got up the next day and showed his horse. But not really. Say what you want about Larry, but he's a real puke and rally kind of guy, except it's get double dosed with horse trank and rally kind of guy. This is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. 
So he passes out again after this horse show. So then they go down the street and they rent a wheelchair and they put him in the wheelchair and put him in the back seat of the truck. I misunderstood. I thought they rented a wheelchair so that he could show the horse. I thought it was like he rallied and was like, go get me a wheelchair. I'm going to this horse show and went to the horse show in a wheelchair. I misunderstood that that was after. Darn it. Well, on Wikipedia, it did say that they pushed him around the horse show in a wheelchair. But Dateline said they got the wheelchair so they could put him in the car. So or that's how she explained it. So you are correct, actually, I think. Oh, yay. Okay. But I still didn't hear it right. So doesn't matter. You still got to the truth of the matter. So they put him in this wheelchair. They put him in the backseat of the car and they drive away. Did they return the wheelchair? I don't think so. Probably not. Typical. Yeah. Typical. So this is now September 11th. Sarah and Elisa do not care about the heroes that we lost that day. They are driving through the forest with Larry dying in the back. They stop somewhere in the forest and Sarah gets out and digs a hole. Why is all the impetus of this coming from 21-year-old college student Sarah? She is not married to him. It would be like if we, you and I, were killing Oliver and I took the lead on it. Like I was the driving force and you were like, I guess I'll go ahead. The plan is really Kimberly's baby, but I'll go ahead with it, I guess. And you were just like a backseat participant. So you tell me why. I think it's because Elisa is the one telling the story. Got it. Okay. Why do you think? Why? I really don't know. I'm hoping that we'll get to some answer by the end because I would really like to know. Yeah. Elisa says to Sarah, he's still alive. Don't put him in that hole. No, we're not doing that. Like, she's the hero of the story for not wanting to bury her husband alive. Yeah. So they keep driving and hoping that he'll die in the back of the car, but he doesn't. So they drive back to Larry and Elisa's house and they go to sleep. They get up at 6. Well, Elisa gets up at 6 a.m., but Sarah likes to sleep late. That was weird. Bless her. It was like, isn't that cute? She's not a morning person, even when she's trying to kill someone. Like, she likes to sleep late. It was such a weird It was detail. such a weird sentence. Yeah, I was like, ooh, creepy, creepy. Stop talking. Yeah, I didn't like that. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. since Elisa is up, because she gets up early, she goes out to the car to check on Larry because they just left him in the back of the car when they went into sleep. The heck is going on? And he's finally dead. So Sarah is up now. Sleeping Beauty has gotten her eight hours and she's up now. And she says, well, we can't just leave him here. And I was like, oh, you can't, Sarah? No doy. Thanks, Captain Obvious. This was your plan to begin with. What's your end game here? So they wrap him up in a sheet and duct tape him around, like in the crouching position so that he's smaller. And because Larry is a self-made successful man. And by that, I mean successful according to Miss Katie's standards. He has an extra fridge in his garage. Wine fridge. It is a what they call their wine fridge. Which is actually a normal size fridge. It's a regular fridge with a top freezer, bottom fridge, and they use it for wine, which to Katie is the epitome of luxury. And she's very sad right now. But it should make some of you who have a second fridge in your garage feel very posh. Someday. (laughs) So they put him in the fridge. Now that Larry's on ice, 
They talk about, should we bury him in the backyard? Maybe we should bury him at Elisa's trainer's house. And I was like, A, how big a backyard does your trainer have? How close are you with this trainer that you can just show up and bury something in their backyard? Is his last name Titus? Because they are in Vegas. No, they're in Sacramento. But they were in Vegas. They were at one point, yeah. Ugh. That would be great if somehow they're all their paths had crossed, right? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that would be so great. Mm. If unintentionally our double date and Dateline episodes were connected. I would love it. So they couldn't decide what to do. And like anyone in the crux of trying to make a big decision, you procrastinate. And so they kept the body in the fridge for three months. How do you even get anything done? I don't know, like, what kind of a sociopath you have to be to do. Because I'd freak out. Like, wouldn't you just freak? I'd freak out and think that they were uh, alive and going to walk in and stab me. Yes, I would definitely be having those visions, like, at the end of Misery, which is still in my head a little, where you feel like they're alive and they come after you again. And then you're like, you wake up and you're like, they're still dead. It's okay. But my only other thought would be, like, you know when you see something great at the store, like a new frozen pizza that you're dying to try, and you take it home and you think, I'm going to cook this tonight, but you put it in the fridge when you're unloading, and then you just forget about it, and then for months it sits there, and it gets, like, ice chips on it and stuff, and you just never eat it, and you were totally going to promise yourself you were going to do it that night. Could that be what's happening here, where you literally just forget that there's a body in the back of your fridge along with a half-eaten thing of sour cream that's all watery at the top? I think it's, man, I think it's just so blatantly sociopathic, right? It, ha- it is. Because you would have to willfully forget. Like you just, to be able to do what you're saying, the pizza theory, to be able to do like forget it like a pizza, that's how little you Well, then you care I would about- think maybe you have trauma or something and you have just blocked it out. About human life. I was shocked and I hoped she was lying, to be honest. It would mean that both of them willfully were like, nah, because two of them knew the body was there. For months. And it matches up with his decomposition level. So it it does appear to be true. Holy Moses. So finally, they decide to take the body to Las Vegas. I was like, why? Because Larry loved Las Vegas and you wanted him to return to his homeland? I don't understand. So... She explains how they used a trailer tire to roll him into the Jag, into the Jaguar's backseat. And she kind of describes it like they they pulled up this huge trailer tire, flopped the body onto it. I think it's a tire to a horse trailer because they had a horse trailer, I think. And so it's a huge tire. And I think they either... They rolled the tire with his body on it. So they used like a rolling motion to kind of roll him into the backseat. They put him inside the tire. That's kind of the way she makes it sound. Okay. Or flops him onto the tire. They put, they roll the tire right up to the freezer or the fridge and like push his body over it onto it and then roll the tire without going a full 360 because then it would just he would just get rolled on. She said they pulled the car right up to it. So it was only a tiny little roll. I'm still having trouble picturing it. Yeah, me too. But okay. It's disturbing. So they drive to Las Vegas with their two dogs in the backseat and Larry in the trunk. These people shouldn't have dogs. 
I was excited that Ralph got to go to Vegas. That's my new title, Ralphie Goes to Vegas. It sounds like a Pixar title. Ralphie Goes to Vegas. Kimberly, that dog's all kinds of messed up. No. (laughs) So in Vegas, Sarah stayed with the dogs in the hotel room and Elisa goes to look for a burial site because now all of a sudden she wants to be an active participant in the murder of her husband. I think she just wants it done, right? Yes, it's been months. This is the first time she's had any sort of go get him attitude towards it. So she finds a spot out in the desert and she starts digging, but the ground is too hard. And she's saying to the cops, this whole time I'm freaking out because Larry's in the trunk and the valet parked for us and it's not a good situation. And I screamed out loud, you could have self-parked, you fancy bisque. Yeah. You didn't have to valet. And the like kind of like cocky, like we're not going to get caught. So they decide to give up on the desert and drive back to California. So after all that, that's like driving eight hours to a restaurant and they don't have the Caesar salad that you were craving. So you turn around and go home, like order something else. Right. Exactly. They go back to Northern California. Elisa goes and buries him in a vineyard. Because she just what, gets tired of it? She's tired of it, but also because it's 4 a.m., we know that Sarah is a late sleeper. So Elisa had to do it. Are you low energy and sleeping late and missing all of the follow-through of the murder plot that was your idea? Kara of vitamins and supplements might be good for you. They are vitamin supplements delivered right to your door. You take the fun and easy online quiz about your diet, lifestyle, health concerns. It takes about five minutes. I aced it, and I don't know 90% of the words that Keith Morrison uses. (laughs) They send you your recommended vitamins in daily, individually wrapped packets. They make it so easy to stay on track with your health goals, whether you're at home with a body in your fridge or on the road driving from Sacramento to Vegas to find a place to bury said body. Care-of's products are made with good, clean ingredients, and they're very transparent about the research and sourcing behind everything that they use. All the information is on their website and on their social media pages, so go check them out. I am loving the little Care-of daily packets because taking them really brings a routine into my non-routine life. And they are a great way to take a healthy step into fall. Fall back, but take a fall step forward. There you go. For 25% off each of your first three months, which is amazing, go to takecareof.com forward slash date dateline 25 and enter code date dateline 25. That's 25% off each of your first three months. Go to takecareof.com forward slash date dateline 25. You guys, we love Care Of. Just check them out. Check them out. And be sure to take care of you. Woo! Crowd goes well. <laughs> Nailed it. I liked it. Thank you. So the police ask Eliza, that's what my phone says, Eliza, how deep she dug the hole. How deep is your love? <laughs> Sorry. She tells them, not deep enough, obviously. Girl, you are out of touch. So the cops bring in Sarah and Sarah is a little confused. And Keith says, no little dog to keep her company now. Was that? Absolutely, that was shade. Absolutely, it was shade. And it means that Keith thought exactly what I thought. 
which is the dog is there to serve a very specific purpose. Don't look in my dead eyes. Look at this cute little dog. <laughs> look how innocent I am. I just have this little white dog. Mm-hmm. So they read her Aliza's statement because she's right away like, is Aliza incriminating me somehow? Aliza incriminating me somehow? And I like, uh-huh. yeah, she absolutely is. So they read her the statement. Well, they don't even get to read her the statement. They read the very beginning of it, which says, I, Lauren, Renee, Sims, and Sarah, whatever her last name is, plan to overdose Larry with horse tranquilizer. And Sarah interrupts them and says, I don't remember. Like, they don't even get one sentence in and she's already saying her defense, which is, I don't remember. You don't remember planning to... Dose him with horse tranquilizer. I don't remember, Kimberly. I don't remember. I read a lot. So she she says, I'm not denying that those conversations could have happened, but I never thought that she would carry it out and take me along with her unknowingly. It's not unknowingly if you were there for the planning stage. Yeah. And also, I thought you didn't remember. She doesn't remember. Which is why you need care of vitamins. So she says that Elisa is evil and she's trying to take her. She's I'm going to say it as Sarah. She's trying to take me down with her because she's jealous of me. Hey, if there's anything that someone in a pink, fluffy fur L Woods jacket should not be saying is they're jealous of me, especially if you own a little white dog. I mean, no one should really say that. But it's especially not a good look on you. No one in your say puffy that. pink fur coat. But you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, absolutely. You should not be saying that, even if you think it. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. Nope. Inside voice. So the cop says, "Well, then explain it to me, Sarah. Make me believe it." Which had this weird kiss me and make me believe that you want me kind of vibes. It was really gross. Sarah says Elisa was the mastermind. Sarah says that Elisa ordered Sarah to bury him while he was still alive. So basically the reverse of what Elisa said happened. Right. So they obviously did have that argument. It's just... Who had it, it with who? It, you're totally right. It did act, one of them did want him to be buried alive. So Sarah says that she was terrified of Elisa. And unlike Elisa, who was so calm, like way too calm while she was recanting her side of the story, like she was reading instructions on the back of a can of Lysol calm. She's just telling the story like you tell a story. She's telling a story like you do this podcast. That's how Elisa's telling. No, I feel story. like less animated. Yeah, maybe. Like there are peaks and valleys, but it's just all kind of like this. And then we had to do this. We had to put him in the fridge. Like it was just like that's it. Mm-hmm. But Sarah is hysterically crying. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean he's dead? Yeah, it was more like that. She's like, it's the kind of annoying crying. And she's using tissues, but we can't see the grainy footage enough to know if there's real tears or not. So I would have liked confirmation from one of the detectives. But the detective does tell Keith that in his opinion, she was a little over the top, that she was acting. I was surprised. 
I was like, oh, good. Okay. So this isn't someone that's like, we're going to find out later that she's the mastermind. This is somebody who calls it right away. And I loved that. He was like, no, there's something not right. He's not fooled. Mm -hmm. So prosecutors were going to use each woman's testimony against each other. As Keith says, it would be an easy checkmate until Elisa took herself off the board. Ooh. I could not believe that Keith said that. It would have been better if it said until the rook moved across the pawn or something like it had been like a chess move like he did a like but the until it would have been a checkmate but the queen was ousted by the bishop or some you know what i'm saying it had been like a theme throughout like mousetrap no but elisa took herself off the board so it would be like the queen took herself off the board it could be the queen but it could have been the queen put her took herself off the board yeah, yeah. Okay. I still couldn't believe that Keith was saying it. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like to make light of it a little bit. And I was surprised. I was like, usually that's something we do in poor taste. But Keith is doing it. And it, it didn't read as poor taste to me. It read like as sort of a beautiful way to say it. Okay. It was like a poetic way to talk about that someone had committed suicide. Yeah. So Elisa hangs herself in her jail cell. I was surprised. I was surprised. And I've seen this episode before. Why did she do that? Did she knew she couldn't beat Sarah? Is that why? It doesn't matter if she could beat Sarah. Either way, she was going to go away for life. He was her husband. She wasn't scared of Sarah. So even if Sarah was the mastermind, she never once said she was scared of Sarah. So uh, Agreed. All right. I get you. Okay. She had all those other charges, too. She was a fugitive. Oh, yeah. She was a mess. Living under okay. an assumed name. Her golden goose was cooked because they kept saying golden goose. I don't know. I just made it up. Okay. So it's not good. Okay. So it's medium, medium, slowly undercooked goose under low flame, medium flame. Oh my goodness. So now Sarah is left holding the bag and facing murder charges alone. She goes on trial. We learned that Sarah never really liked Larry. She thought he was very self-centered. And I was like, you have a pink fur jacket on and a little white dog and say that people are jealous of you, but he's self-centered. Likewise, Larry did not like Sarah. And Keith kind of interrupts, gets a little jump on it and says, wait a minute, this sounds to me like two people that both loved Elisa and wanted her for themselves. And before you're like, Keith, you are reaching, the prosecutor says, that's exactly right. It was a love triangle. Mark Love Triangle off your bingo cards. Well done. Tip of the hat to you, Keith. You nailed it. Sarah was enjoying a very fancy life with Elisa and with Larry's money. These are two good time girls, as Keith says. Larry was Elisa's golden goose. Look at there we have it again. But Elisa was Sarah's golden goose. And Sarah was about to be cut out because Larry had told Elisa... I don't want Sarah around anymore. I want you to fire her. So this gives Sarah the motive to want to kill Larry because she was about to be cut off. Her defense says that it was Elisa that was the mastermind. She was the black widow and she was evil, an evil that wound her way around this innocent, sweet baby. <laughs> Calls her a baby. It's really weird. I didn't like it. But she's 21, which is the whole time why I'm asking how old Elisa is. 
Because I thought Elisa was 41, but no. Exactly, yeah. So Elisa was the con artist, which is true. Like, no one can dispute that. She is was living under different aliases and was a fugitive and has a lot of charges for fraud and things like that. And they say Sarah was her pawn. Another chess reference. Uh-huh. There we go. Uh-huh. Then they put Ginger on the stand, our lovely office gossip, and I was really excited to see her back. Yes. This is where things get juicy. Skuncy. So in the weeks after Larry disappeared, Sarah and Elisa were laughing together. They were shopping together. They weren't acting distressed at all. She said they were sleeping in the same bed together. Not exactly sure how Ginger knew that. And we find out a little later maybe how she knew, but it's still kind of weird. They would go to work for a couple hours a day. And then the rest of the time they would sleep late. And I was like, I thought only Sarah liked to sleep late and that it was so charming. The way she said it was like you were talking about your spouse and it was something funny that they do. Does that sound right? That's what it rang like Absolutely, it sounded like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they would um, come into work for a little bit after they would sleep late. And then the rest of the time they would shop together with the company's money. They would flirt with boys. They spent a lot of the company's money. Elisa got a red Jag and Sarah got a red BMW. Cute. Then we get to the underwear. Ginger says they bought matching underwear together, which is the second part of this episode that I always remember along with the shirt that says, where is Larry McNabb? Really? Huh. Keith goes, come on. He is flummoxed. And Ginger said, oh, they showed it to me. They pulled their pants down a little to show her that they were wearing matching underwear in her first week on the job there. I would maybe quit. I would quit because it's your first week on the job. The head of your company is apparently missing. You never met him. No one knows where he is or where you're supposed to say that he is. That story keeps changing. And his wife and the college student intern type are wearing matching underwear. I would quit. Was Ginger brought on for a reason? What do you mean? I mean, I feel like Ginger's really cute. I mean, Ginger is there because she's their type. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Do you think they wanted to be a pawn She's very cute. So maybe you're right. See, I thought you meant brought on as in brought on to the stand to testify. And I was like, yeah, because she has great juicy details. I mean, they wanted a cute young girl working there with them. That makes sense. She never says they tried anything. No, maybe that was cut out. We Again, we need to have a one-on-one with Ginge. Yeah, I need, yeah. I have some questions for Ginge. We don't often ask people, come on to our show. We usually hope that people who are involved in the cases actually never watch. But in this, or listen, I mean. But in this case, we hope that you do and you will give us a jingle. Yeah, we like her very much. We like you very much. So Elisa and Sarah spend so much on Jags and BMWs and underwear that they fell behind on rent payment and the law firm got evicted from their office space. So they moved the law office into Larry and Elisa's home, which now seemed more like Elisa and Sarah's home, which I think is how Ginger knew that they were sleeping in the same bed together. They 
she says they had gotten rid of all of Larry's clothes and they called the sink in the bathroom hers and hers. So cute. Oh my God, I would have been out of there so fast. So fast. But I guess you wouldn't know what was going on, right? You're new and you're like, okay, maybe this is just how business is done. I don't know. (laughs) Where the boss goes missing and his wife and one of the office secretaries take over his bathroom and bedroom. But you know when you don't know, and so you don't know if like it's crazy and you don't know anybody else that works at a law firm, so you just, you straight up don't know. This is when you have to use your instincts and go, I've never worked in a law firm before. I'm really glad to have the job, but I can tell something's not right here. Maybe. I don't know. I still feel like you'd second guess your instincts because you think all these people are like really smart and... And because we don't know how many other people are working in the office. Let's say it's just the three of you. Then you're being gaslit by these other two ladies. That's kind of how I assumed it was. I don't know if there were other people. I don't know. I don't think there how were. they're keeping things going with Larry missing when he has all these cases that were open. I'm assuming there are other lawyers that work for this firm because it's called Larry McNabney and Associates. Yeah, I think Ginger and... Um... Elisa are the associates. <laughs> are the associates. They're not lawyers, though. So I don't know what's happening. Okay, so the whole time they're practicing law out of the house, his body is in the fridge in the garage. How scared are you, Ginger, finding this out? Oh, my gosh. What if Ginger was really thirsty and like, oh, I saw the second fridge in the garage. I'm sure they have sodas in there because that's what second fridges in the garage are for. And she goes out there. I'm assuming they locked it. Did they at least put a lock on it? See, I'm thinking that they locked it. I feel like they locked it and said, and she's just like, why is there a lock on the fridge? And then they said, there's a lock because he keeps his expensive wines in there. Wouldn't a guy like Larry, if he loved alcohol and had a wine fridge, have like an actual wine cupboard, closet, cellar, whatever they're called, like a chilled case for wine? That's what the fridge was. I feel like he would have a fancier one, like one with a clear glass door so you could see the wine. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like an actual wine fridge instead of a fake wine fridge. I get it. Yeah. Not like the kind of fridge that the lady would have after her sex capades. She would go out and get her fudgy cup or whatever. Ice cream sandwich. Did you legitimately forget it was an ice cream sandwich? A fudgy cup? What's a fudgy cup? Sorry, that's something my boss used to say. Oh, Okay. <laughs> It's a fudgesicle, but you put it in a cup so that you can have something to put it down in so it doesn't drip all over you. Never, ever in my life heard of that. Okay. Yeah, we made it up. I think I just said it like it was a real word. I forgot that it wasn't a real word. You did. So Ginger says there is no way that Sarah was scared of Lisa. She never acted scared of her, and she had as much say as Elisa in everything. But then in... The court in trial, Sarah looks like a wide-eyed innocent, and she's the daughter of devout Christians, which is why Keith told us that in the first place. I knew that was coming. Yep. But here's the clincher. Since Elisa can't be cross-examined, they can't show her videotaped confession. Explain to me how that works. Well, everyone has a right to be cross-examined, and since she can't be because she is dead. Every piece of evidence has to have the right to be cross-examined. So you can't just present it when she's not there. I think we've seen it on a dateline before. That makes me upset, but okay. 
But to demonstrate this in a really dramatic way, Dateline shows the rolling footage on a little TV screen and then the TV gets shut off. Oh, yeah. Well done, Dateline. Yeah, very well done. So there's no DNA against Sarah. There's really nothing. It's all circumstantial. And they can't. And the jury is not seeing what Elisa said. After four days, they find her. And so Stop we it. see... <laughs> Say the verdict. <laughs> I thought we could make it a trend. They find her guilty of voluntary manslaughter and accessory to murder. Voluntary manslaughter. The prosecutor says it's because she's tall and pretty and her parents were clutching Bibles in the front row. That was shocking. And I get it. He's right. But wait a minute. Why did they give the option of her being found guilty of voluntary manslaughter and not just murder one? Why didn't they make murder one the only? Why? Because they knew they didn't really have much without Elisa's confession. I mean, what did they have? I know. It just sucks. So we see Sarah in her prison outfit and her hair is like, what in the world? Permed? Like a Lhasa Apso? Like her dog, Ralph, had way better hair. It looked like a crimping iron. Yeah, it did. It kind of did look like a crimping iron. So I was confused. Yeah. Stick with Ralph's haircut. So she's sentenced to 11 years. She only served eight. And she got out in 2011. And she was 31 years old. Yeah. And she refused to go on Dateline. Tavia says she forgives her, but won't forget. I don't even think she forgives. I wouldn't forgive her. I mean, she said she forgave her for herself because she had to, like, move on. I get that. So, outside info. Yes. What you've been waiting for. You know how I was making fun of Elisa for pronouncing and or spelling her names differently. Her daughter's name is Haley, spelled H-A-Y-L-E-I. But so, yeah, it's in her genes to spell things differently. Over the years, she used a total of 38 aliases, 38 aliases, and she was apparently only 28 years old. So full con woman, like full from the jump con woman. Okay. Larry's law firm, this is before they got married, in Vegas. Larry's law firm was investigated by the Nevada State Bar, and they determined that Elisa had embezzled more than $140,000 from his clients. Because of this, Larry was forced to close his practices in Las Vegas and Reno, and that's why he started the new firm in Sacramento. And despite all of this, he went and married her, despite this. She was not even married to him when all of this happened. Correct. Yeah, she's got a voodoo. She's a witch-a woman. Wow, that's spooky. Yeah. She's like that Kelly who was with Ira, the podiatrist. Bad, bad Kelly, the original Bad Kelly, who we thought was, ha- was working her spell. Maybe they're friends. Elisa hanged herself only a week after confessing to the police. Dateline kind of made it seem like it was longer, like after way more time in jail. It was literally just a week later. Did she leave a note? Yes, she did. And in her suicide note, she asked her lawyer to sue the jail for not preventing her suicide. Roll your eyes, but then hold your rolls because, slow your roll, because she said she wanted him to sue the jail for not preventing her suicide and to give the money to her children. And she said she wanted the whole thing to end with her. 
and her kids wouldn't have to like deal with it. And then you're like, where are these children? Where have these children been the whole time? So one of them, it says on Wiki that she was on the run with one of these children, Haley, who was born in 1985. So if she was 28 when she met Larry in like 95, let's say, and her daughter was born in 85, she would have had her at 18. Yeah, that's plausible. Which is plausible. Yeah, totally. And wow. the, she had the other one was a son named Kane or Cade or something like that. But I don't know where he got to. They were from different dads. It made it sound like she moved to Vegas with Haley. So was like Larry Haley's stepfather and like helping raise her? Was she around at that time? I don't really understand. I don't either. That's very interesting. She would have been a teenager at that time. She would have been like 16 or something when he went missing. I mean, yeah, I don't understand. So there is a TV movie on Lifetime called Lies My Mother Told Me with Jolie Richardson and Hayden Panettiere as Haley, L-E-I, the daughter, and an unknown actress who I didn't recognize as Sarah. Because I think it's focused more on that Haley relationship. And I think that sounds interesting. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, I kind of want to know if that's accurate. Maybe she wrote a book. Yeah. Wikipedia did not say that. I don't know. I feel like Wikipedia would say that. B-Roll Bonanza, not... We get a photo album, an actual album, multiple times with Tavia. Did you see that one of the pages said, my daddy and me? I did, and I thought that was really sweet. I was sort of a sucker for that. It was really sad, but I was happy that she was using a scrapbook. But I would be really frustrated if I was her. I felt really bad for her. And also, she looked a startlingly amount like Sarah. They have a similar kind of big, light-colored eyes, sort of a wider, flatter nose. I was just surprised by how many similar features they had. I was like, oh, oh, that's weird. Like, if you looked at them side by side, it was surprising how much they looked alike. Do you have feelings about Sarah? She's pretty cold. She was real scary to me. I don't like that. I feel like she's a sociopath. I was really nervous about her. And I'm really nervous because she's out and we're doing this podcast. I couldn't tell. At first, I just felt like she was overacting for sure with her tears. But I was like, ah, maybe. But then when I heard more from Ginger and how they weren't, she wasn't scared of her and the underwear and how they were shacking up together. While he was in the fridge. While he was in the fridge. That's rough. But again, you have to think, which one is the motivation behind it? Oh, there's something else. After Larry disappeared and before she went on the run, she liquidated all of his assets. And so when she went running and the FBI had to find her, she had a ton of money. So what I'm missing is the disconnect here. What I'm missing is when did she come in? When did they bring Sarah in with the dog the first time? Was she still living with Elisa or Elisa had already disappeared? Oh, Elisa had already disappeared by then. Why did Elisa run the second time? Because she heard the police were looking for her in regards to Larry's disappearance. She told them on Dateline that she was at a horse show and she heard that the police were looking for her. And since she was already a fugitive, she fled in her jag and she went back to Florida and she started working as a paralegal at another law firm in Florida under the name Shane Rigatoni or whatever. But did Sarah tip her off? 
That's what I'm wondering. If this conversation actually wasn't, oh yeah, there's a ticket waiting for you at the will call, that this conversation was more like Sarah told Elisa, hey, I just had to get called in by the police. I didn't tell them that you were in California for the horse show and then tipped her off. Why did Elisa leave? Did her and Sarah have a falling out? Yes. I Well, I do think that she had a falling out. They had a falling out. Larry had been gone for five months and the police were looking into it. And three of those months he was in the refrigerator. In the fridge. And then what happened? Did like Elisa take off right after he was buried? Because I'm wondering if things were starting to go downhill when she buried the body and then took off. I think so. I kind of thought it seemed like they were maybe planning to go away together. And instead, Elisa went away without her and stood her up at the airport kind of thing. Maybe. And Elisa couldn't reach her. Because how many months did Ginger say they were happy, happy for like the three months? And then all of a sudden, Elisa stopped coming to work. I don't know exactly when. We just know that she heard that people were looking into Larry's disappearance. And that's when she fled town. And then the police started in investigating or in interviewing all the people that worked there, including Sarah. And Sarah made it sound like we were supposed to go to this horse show. She stood me up. And I haven't talked to her since then, like making it seem like it had been a while. Okay, I just would like to hear Ginger's timeline breakdown. We were working at the house for four months. All of a sudden, Elisa disappears and then calls me and says, guess we need to find new jobs. Now, I think I made that up. Sarah for sure said, I thought I need to find a new job. And I assumed she was like telling Ginger the same thing. She called Ginger and told her that. That information is from Ginger on Dateline. Are you sure I didn't just make it up? Yeah, that was information from Ginger. You did not make that up. I kind of feel like I made it up. No, ma'am. You did not make it up. Good for me. Yeah, good for you. Sticking to the truth. You got the truth, the whole truth. You see what I'm saying where the timeline is funky on this? To me, it is anyways. I just want to know how big of a sociopath Sarah is basically and how scared we should all be. Because this is very spooky. I kind of think she thought that they were like Thelma and Louise, but Elisa left her. So you really think Elisa is like the ringleader? And then Elisa left her again by killing herself. And like Keith said, left her holding the bag. No, I think Elisa was just done. Done running and didn't want to spend her life in prison. It was like, bye. But you don't think that's a final F you though? Because now... I don't know. Maybe. I can see that. I think it was definitely more about herself. But I think that Sarah very well could have been the mastermind. I think it's two people that needed to never meet. That's what I was about to say before we got sidetracked. Is it a case of two people who on their own might not ever kill someone, but when they came into contact with each other the bodies start piling up. Because that's the thing is they do keep saying, and that is the thing that Elisa sort of says, it's like, I'm not into murder. She's not a killer. She's a con artist. She doesn't want to go around murdering people. These are kind of different things. She's a thief. Well, what would be really helpful to know is if any of Elisa's former men, including the two men who are the fathers of her kids, ever died. Yeah, it would also be very helpful to talk to anybody who spent time with Sarah in prison. She's fascinating to me. Or what was she like in high school? Did she kill any animals as a child? Right. The dog really throws you off the scent, doesn't it? I think you are also a little blinded by the dog. I wanted to know if you were blinded by the dog. Oh, I loved Ralph. But did you think that she was a good person because of the dog? 
I think the dog is a ruse. I think it makes her worse because she's using the dog. <laughs> As a prop. I do kind of think that. It really weirded me out. I got to say that we haven't seen it before. And I was like, something's wrong with this girl. Why do you have that dog like that? We've never seen that before. Are you on Legally Blonde? Like, who are you? I'm very interested to know what our listeners think, who they think was the mastermind. Me too. And I kind of want to know what Keith thinks too. Keith seems flummoxed. Is very curious. All right. Did you have anything else? Keith was great in this episode, though. Loved him. I thought he was great with Tavia. I thought he was great. He was, and Tavia was sweet. Did you notice, by the way, really quick, that Sarah looked like, the other person Sarah looked like was the girl with the black turtleneck. Sorry. Fake company. Elizabeth Holmes? Yeah, a little bit. I didn't even think about it. I didn't see that much what Sarah looked like, except when we were looking at her Lhasa Apso hair. She kind of had... Dead eyes. That's what I think she spooked me out a little bit. I can see that. I didn't like it. Okay. Fashion police, can we please just point out that in his commercial for his law firm, Larry is wearing a suede fringe jacket. Larry is a personal injury attorney, and I would expect no less. Accidentis! Dos, 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 dos. <laughs> With the hands out. But not even he on the back of the bus is wearing a fringe jacket. No, on the billboards, he's wearing a vest and a giant gold belt buckle. Why not? I've got money. I can get you money, too. I like it. I trust him implicitly. He's He looks like he's got money. I'm going to get me some of that money. I want a sweet suede fringy jacket. It had the fringe all over it. I love the fringe so much. If you knew how many fringes are back behind here. I know you love a fringe jacket. I love a fringe jacket. And I'm really into ombre fringe. That's the new thing. Can't oh, wait. Oh, I've never seen it. Also, I, you will be hearing from my attorney because I have decided that I am personally suing this podcast for. I'm suing Twitter for hurting your feelings. It didn't. I Honestly, it didn't. So didn't. It hurts my feelings. I would say if it didn't, I thought it was funny. Like post whatever that is. I can't, I don't know that word. Are you trying to use posthumously again? I didn't say it. I thought it. So you <laughs> piped out. So titles? Oh, I wish I'd done better on this. I had Do Not Tray Me. Her name was Dutray. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay. That's good because she was betrayed kind of. A lot of the things about On Ice and Refrigerator and Elise on Death instead of Elisa. I wrote, Elisa gets a new lease on life. There we go. Okay, so we were both right there. And then Grapes of Death, because he was buried in the vineyard. I like that. Okay, what do you have? Where is Larry McNabney? Because the t-shirt is already made. And so if they ever needed to do a press junket or something, they already could have the t-shirts. But why didn't they use that as the title? Because Poison makes absolutely zero Zero, zero cents. He wasn't poisoned. He was overdosed. Yeah, it's terrible. Honestly, Dateline, I love you. This title was The Pits. The Pits is a better name for the title because of grapes. They did dig a hole and then almost put him in it and then dig another hole. Yeah. I fell into the pit. (laughs) Okay, wait. (laughs) She fell in the pit. Can we say that this one is, this is historical? I think this is the worst. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. I agree. I'm furious. The one where Kimberly learns her new favorite word, polecat. Actually, I think it's two words. Checkmate. Checkmate's good. Yeah. Anything with like chess. See, we could have done a whole chess theme in this. Why are we poison? Ice, ice, body. Okay. Too cold. 
Too cold. Ice, ice, body. Too cold. And also roll the dice and the body. Roll the ice? No, because they were in Vegas and they rolled the body with a tire. That's good. It's not good. What about roll of the dice? Okay, I like that. Okay. I think the best title, though, is Where is Larry McNabby? I think that would have been the perfect title with a guy going, I don't know. I don't know. Like the guy on the back of the bus. Accidentes. Would have been great. Accidentes. 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 There's another one, too. I forget what it is. There's like two big personal injury attorneys in Los Angeles. And that's really the phone number, guys. And that's really what the ad says. We're not even making this up. No, if you don't live in L.A., you don't know about it. But that's what it says. And it's on a lot of, bu- like, a lot of buses. The majority of buses is that. And that's probably who I would call if I slipped and fell in a Carl's Jr. Well, it's an easy enough number to remember. Right. That's why I'm going to call. There's a lot also going out of Las Vegas, if you've ever noticed. I bet I've seen a Larry McNabby poster, because if you are leaving, all of the lawyer posters are. Have you been wronged by the Bellagio? <laughs> call me. <laughs> It's great. I have been wronged by the Bellagio. They they took my money and I'd like it back, please. Thank you. That would be the worst job to be a personal injury attorney in Las Vegas. You must get so many calls of people trying to sue these massive hotels. I'm trying to sue Caesars. No, sir. Because their penny slots was rigged. Right. How many calls like that do you think they get a day? 50? So they're going to have somebody sassy on the phone like Ginger being like, hi, tell me about your case. Okay, sir, we'll have him call you back in six to eight months and then just hangs up. That's Ginger's job. I love Ginger. Totally off topic. But once I was in the car for nine hours, I think nine and a half on the way back from Vegas, and we were stuck behind a van that had one of those How Am I Driving bumper stickers. And we called multiple times to tell their boss how good a job they were doing driving. Because we were that bored. Was the boss really and nice? And I think, no, it was the answering machine. Do you think that guy got a raise or that lady got a raise? I would hope so. And this is, I'm saying in this horrible world of 2020, next time you see one of those signs, call. call and say what a good job they're doing. Just pay it forward. And in that same vein, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would ask that you would go onto Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast forum you listen on and leave us a five-star rating and say, they're doing a good job. They don't always get the words right, but they're doing their best. And also, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Kimberly has some hilariousness happening on Instagram and Twitter for sure. And a little bit less hilariousness on Facebook, but it's still there. No, I send everything to Facebook. I just don't go over to Facebook and reply to people's comments. But I send all the funny Instagram stuff to Facebook without actually going there. So it's there. So that's there. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening and for hanging in there with us during this 2020. And we hope your day is a little bit better today. Good. That's very nice. And wear your mask, please. And register to vote. And register to vote. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. But I read. Because reading is what? Fundamental. Polecat and rough hewn go hand in hand. Also, rough hewn still sounds to me like not, when I look at it visually, that's, I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. It's two words, rough hewn, but rough hewn.
still sounds to me like some sort of alien that lives on another planet. Sir, the refunes are coming in for attack. Or how about, sir, do you like your refunes salted or unsalted? It sounds like it could be a nut or a dish. Yeah. Wait, do you feel like refune is ever used in real life? I feel like this is one of the first times I've ever heard it out loud. Only by Keith. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Polecat, yeah. too. Polecat, I feel like Dennis could use Polecat, maybe. But it was the prosecutor who says Polecat. Or sorry, Fred. Fred is a Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Sarah says Elisa was the mastermind and ordered the him. The mastermind? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Did I say it like that? That's how it came out in my headphones. The mastermind. Maybe I'm doing it. It sounded much more sinister than the just a mastermind. It was a mastermind. Mastermind did the whole thing. This is the Halloween episode. 